Welcome to Intelligence Talks from the research team at Knight Frank. Intelligence Talks brings you the latest insights on property market trends and forecasts, along with expert analysis from industry leaders. I'm Anna Ward, Senior Residential Analyst at Knight Frank. Today, we'll continue our tour around the world and look at property markets in the Middle East and Africa. The coronavirus hit these regions at a time when they already face multiple challenges, long-running conflicts, economic crises, and political unrest. Joining me today from Dubai are Taimo Khan, Associate Partner for the Middle East, and Tilda Mawai, Africa Researcher. Taimo, welcome to the podcast. How's it going in Dubai? Is life back to normal yet? Hi, thank you for having me on. Yeah, life is getting back to normal here in the United Arab Emirates and particularly in Dubai. We have seen over the last few weeks and just over a month now a phased return back to normality where we saw the likes of malls reopening initially at limited capacity. So it started off at 30% capacity, then increased to 70% and now we're operational at 100%. We've seen a similar sort of trend with people returning back to work, although from what we're seeing at the moment, a lot of people are still working from home. But in the next week or so, the government employees will be going back to work from next Sunday onwards. So we are seeing normality return to Dubai. Eventually, we'll see it return to the capital, Abu Dhabi as well, which is slightly behind in terms of where COVID is impacting the capital there. Tilda, how about yourself? How have you found lockdown? Thank you for having me, Anna. And I think it's the same case. I am based in Dubai, so it has been a similar scenario, but maybe just to have some perspective because I largely focus in African markets. Across the African continent, we have seen like a phasing out of the lockdown issues that have been there. So, for example, South Africa is now in level three lockdown. And then for Uganda, they have basically been phasing out their lockdown, which I think has been one of the most strict lockdowns across the continent. For Kenya, they have an additional 30 days into lockdown. So we're seeing a gradual get back to work and a gradual rescinding of the lockdown measures. And I think this will continue in the next month. Taimo, back to the Middle East. Iran has been known as the epicenter of the virus, but more broadly across the region, how has coronavirus impacted the Middle East economically and socially? Yes, you're correct. Iran has been one of the epicenters of this pandemic, and not only regionally, but actually initially globally. The UAE and Saudi Arabia have seen quite a significant number of cases. So in Saudi Arabia, we're about 110,000 cases now, whereas the UAE, we're currently around sort of the 40,000 mark at the moment. Whilst in the UAE, that number is how quickly it's growing is slowing down quite significantly. In Saudi Arabia, that is increasing. But the positive news in the GCC is that our mortality rate is really quite incredibly low and the early reaction to this is the main reason behind it. So within the UAE and Saudi Arabia, the mortality rate is around 0.7% compared to 5.7% globally. So whilst we are still dealing with the challenges it brings about from an economic point of view, from you know actually a social point of view, we have dealt with it reasonably well. More from an economic perspective as well, given the impact and the fact that you've had, you know, over a third of the world's population in lockdown at various stages, and the fact that the major export from this region is oil, and as a result of lockdowns, the demand for oil has gone down quite significantly. What we've seen is there has been quite a sharp decline in oil prices, which has had an impact on economic growth and will continue to do so for the remainder of the year. And looking at property markets on the residential side, I mean, are you seeing housing deals now pick up again? 
So, yes, on the residential side in Dubai, we had a really quite strong start to the year. And despite the fact that we had very strict 24-hour lockdowns in April, the property market in terms of total transaction volumes are just year to date to May. And compared to that same period of last year, we're only around sort of 13% down. So actually, yes, there has been an impact. And most of that sort of decline has been driven by the secondary market rather than the primary market. In Saudi Arabia, which has seen much stricter lockdowns, the number of transactions are down around 26%. So actually, if you look at comparisons to other global property markets, we fared relatively well at the moment. And which sectors would you say are most active in the Middle East? And are you seeing people moving home again? And are people looking at commercial office deals? The residential market is, as I said, carrying on, will be at a slower pace and will probably likely see some form of resurgence in that around the region. The commercial office market, I think, is witnessing a wait and see approach. We have seen some significant deals happening within that market, but not to the levels we were seeing previously. Really, the hot market at the moment is the industrial market. There is a lot of activity going on in that market, particularly in the UAE, given that it's located in the center of the world and has some of the best infrastructure advantage globally and connectivity into sort of the Middle East, Africa and South Asia region, which is around you know, almost half the world's population. And as supply chains around the world are being looked at quite significantly, this market is really well suited to actually benefit from such changes. So the industrial and logistics market is very hot right now. And more so because of regional demand from e-commerce is growing really, really very significantly at the moment. So a lot of uh, retailers, your international retailers, are looking to expand their distribution pipelines here. Tilda, can you tell us about how African property markets have responded to the virus and which sectors and which parts of Africa are coping better than others? Just to give an overview in terms of COVID-19 in Africa, so our numbers have remained relatively low in terms of we have just slightly moved over 200,000 cases across the continent. Of course, compared to the 7 million figure across the world, they're relatively low and there are two schools of thought in terms of either we have handled, Africa has handled COVID-19 quite well or we're just at the beginning of the curve. So only time will tell really how this manifests across the continent. But from a property perspective, what we are seeing is that, of course, for the mainstream real estate, due to the impact of COVID on the economy, there has been sort of a retreat to the basic income. So we're seeing that, of course, the retail sector, as in everywhere else in the world, is struggling. And then we're seeing that the residential, in terms of residential, there has been a reduction in the transaction volumes across most of the markets in Africa. And then for office, we're just seeing the office space has just had little activity, of course, due to the situation. And in terms of industrial, I think reflecting and sort of mirroring what is happening elsewhere in the world is that there has been a spike in terms of industrial activity, of course, largely due to the supply chain disruptions on one hand and also due to the retreat to the sort of e-commerce platforms. So we're seeing that spike in industrial. Turning back to Dubai, Taima, Dubai was going to be the first country in the GCC to host Expo 2020, but clearly that's been postponed to 2021. What impact do you think this is likely to have? 
There was a lot of changes within Dubai's built environments in the run-up to Expo. We saw quite a lot of construction on the residential side, on the hotel side as well. The event was expected to attract 25 million visitors. So when that level of demand goes away, and then you have all of this real estate sitting there, it will naturally be a negative and a lot of investment which has been poured in will not start to see returns. But we are remaining positive despite this, that when it does happen in 2021, where hopefully the world will be back to some form of normality, this level of demand will continue. And actually what we can do now is ensure that everything is in place to support that event and ensure that it is a success that it was meant to be and maybe now even more so that we can actually have some more infrastructure changes both hard and soft which will help for greater returns going forward. Tilda on the African markets you've written in your Africa report that there was a lot of excitement at the beginning of the year around property markets how do things stand now and what do you see as the main challenges long term? Of course, the excitement still holds. I think it's just been a matter of people holding back due to the COVID situation. Of course, financial, just ensuring that their financial resilience is that clear for the beginning. But towards a long-term angle, I do not expect that there will be a significant change in terms of the property markets in Africa. So, for example, we do not expect that for office spaces, much as we have now adopted to the new normal of working from home, we anticipate that there will be a significant balance between people immediately working from offices and working from home when they have to. And, for example, we're also seeing activity in the emerging real estate sectors or the alternative real estate sectors So because of COVID, of course, the gaps in the social infrastructure have been exposed significantly and we're seeing a lot more interest in healthcare, for example, as an investable asset class. And we're just seeing more transactions. So over the past three months, for example, we have seen a significant transaction in Cote d'Ivoire, for example, with regards to the public-private partnership for healthcare. We've also seen Tana Capital from South Africa investing in Alexandria Real Estate Investment Company with regards to healthcare. And so we expect that this will continue. An interesting thing that we're seeing, though, in terms of the alternative real estate sectors is that there's an increase in interest towards data centers. So Arguably, this has been influenced by the um, remote working and working from home scenario, but we are seeing a bit more capital commitment. So just recently, we saw Actis commit 250 million US dollars to data centers, and we're also seeing our Facebook activating their, their initiatives towards an underground sea cables that will have arguably stops in 21 locations across 16 African countries. So we're seeing that is a rising phenomenon, and I think it's a trend that we expect will continue. Taimo, what are the long-term trends for you out of this in the Middle East? What do you see changing, and do you think inbound and outbound investment flows will also change significantly? Addressing outbound investment flows, the GCC region, whether it's institutional money from its sovereign wealth funds or private investment from either the trading families or private individuals, has always been a quite a significant trend into the US, into mainland Europe, and 
particularly into the UK on the residential and the commercial side. But I think actually what we're seeing is that there is a lot of interest for these types of assets, primarily across Europe and the US. And it's you know growing interest into the Asia Pacific markets as well. And into the commercial side of things, I think if assets become available, there will be a lot of investment from this region going into Europe. In terms of regionally, the types of investment trends that we'll see, I think a lot will be dependent on the recovery. But despite that, there are the underlying diversification strategies that each single country within this region has to diversify its economy away from oil actually potentially even becomes even more pertinent now, realizing how significant that is. So as a result of that, I believe that we'll actually see quite significant soft infrastructure changes in the next few years going forward to ensure that there's long-term viability in population numbers, given that the region is home to quite a significant number of expats and in most countries vastly outnumbering the citizens of population. I think in terms of real estate, we are likely to see a lot more thought out sort of mixed real estate with well-being being a very core part of this and something we were already starting to see in this region. And in fact, globally, as we've talked about within the World Report, that I think this trend will be very, very evident going forward. I don't think this is the death of the office. I think what we're likely to see is actually space as a service in this region becoming the norm. And given how we're structured as a economy and a trading hub within the GCC, I think that makes a lot of sense that that is the norm going forward. If you enjoyed this episode of Intelligence Talks, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please also make sure to share this episode on social media and check out the show notes for more information. Mm-hmm.